0: Hello, and welcome to Oh Mother, Where Art Thou?, the Barcelona-based podcast about life as a parent, what we do for fun, and where to go for help. I'm Lucy, I'm your host, and you're listening to episode two. Coming up, I have the lovely Monica and Vanessa, two moms who have created Kiddish, a new healthy meal delivery business, especially for children. We talk about why and how they started the company. We learn about what we should be feeding our kids and I ask them your real questions about fussy eaters. We chat about their lives as mums and their pregnancies and births. For any more information, or if you want to contact me, go straight to omotherbarcelona.com. Here's the interview, I hope you enjoy it. Monica and Vanessa, thank you so much for coming today. First, I'd like to learn a little bit about you.
1: So my name is Monica. I'm originally from Barcelona, but my mom is from the United States. So I've grown up, I grew up in Barcelona all my life, but kind of with a mixed background, um, U.S. and Spanish. And I decided to go and live, well, first study in the States to get my master's and I ended up living there for eight years. That's where I met my husband, who's actually half um, Chilean, he's half Chilean and half German but grew up in Argentina, we met in the US, decided to get married and had two of our kids, the two boys that we have right now were both born in New York City where we lived for five years. And after having my second child, I decided we needed to be closer to family so we moved back to Barcelona. So right now it's been two years that we're living back in Barcelona, back in the neighborhood where I grew up, right next to my parents, um, right next to my sister and very, very happy so far. And how old are your kids, Monica? Uh, My older son is four years old, my younger son is two in a few months and I'm expecting my third um, child for November. A girl, finally.
0: Yay! (laughs) Congratulations. And Vanessa, can you tell me a little bit about you?
2: Well, I'm originally from Finland. I moved to Barcelona when I was 10 years old with my family and I've been living here since then.
0: Why did you move here at nine?
2: Because my father was an expat. Well, he was sent here for a few years to work. work.
0: So do you go back to Finland often?
2: I I used to go every summer for long summers. Now I go every summer just for a week or so, but I do have all the rest of my family there. And where's your partner from? He's from Brazil. We met in Barcelona. Actually, his mother is Spanish, so he kind of, he was born in Brazil and he was raised in Brazil with a Brazilian father, but he kind of came back to his origins from mother's side wow. to study. That's and an international we, family, yes. isn't it? <laughs> and uh, we managed to get his family to Barcelona as well. So now that we have, a, I have a son, we have a son, uh, yeah. he's 18 months. Mm-hmm. So we're lucky to have them close yeah, also, it's amazing. They came it? to us. We didn't have to go. Yeah, no, go my mum's
0: moved here too. <laughs> it's amazing. My mum lives at the end of the road. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's oh, great. really it's incredible. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's so nice. Yeah, it's perfect. So, how do you guys know each other?
1: Uh, we actually we know each other. F- from school. Yeah, we both went to the American school here in Barcelona with different grades. We knew of each other but we didn't really know each other. Yes, I studied industrial engineering and Vanessa is um, telecommunications engineer, so different engineering schools. We didn't really... um, Same school but different engineering. Yeah, different (laughs) engineering schools.
2: So at what age were you in the same school? Up until we were 18. I'm one year older than Monica. The American
1: school in Barcelona when we were in school was a very small school so all of the grades basically knew who everybody mm-hmm. else was, yes. but you didn't interact with the other grades as much because, of course, they were the older ones <laughs> and I was the younger one. Um,
2: but then we, we, we coincidentally met in the first job in a consulting company. So yeah. the first day of our first <laughs> job, we basically
1: both walked in and we were like, what are you doing here? What are you <laughs> doing here? Oh, this is my first day, my first job. And she was like, me too. And so that was just kind of like the connection. That's Amazing. Yes.
0: Here in Barcelona. Here in Barcelona. Barcelona, yes. Wow. And that's before you went off to America.
1: Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what right, right when we finished our university degrees. And it was like the first official job that we both had after mm. finishing Amazing. our degrees. Yeah. So from then on, we both
2: had different uh, um, career, paths. career paths and Monica moved to... States but we've been...
1: Have you stayed in touch? In touch. Yeah, Yeah? very much. Yeah, yeah,
0: amazing. That's really nice. (laughs) So you're pregnant. How do you feel at the moment?
1: Very good and sometimes I actually forget that I'm pregnant sometimes just because the other two kids take up so much of my mental and physical self that I don't really have time to think about my pregnancy. But I, I usually have pretty good pregnancies in general. So overall, I think I'm pretty, feeling pretty good.
0: Yeah, great. I remember with Sam, it was the same. I just didn't. I was renovating this flat as well at the same time, and I just didn't have any recognition of any illnesses or anything like that that I'd had with Oscar. I was at home on the sofa, nothing else to think about, and I had every symptom under the sun. Probably because <laughs> I could notice every single change. Yeah. This time didn't even notice until maybe the last month, how uncomfortable I was.
1: Yeah. Also, I think the first one, you are more aware of everything and you're looking for information. You want to know exactly, like I know exactly if I was 13 weeks and three days, or if I was into 16 weeks and the size of the baby, now it's the size of a watermelon. And now I have like no idea. And you get the apps and you're following it and everything. And with
0: the second, it's just like, like,
1: what? What day is it? (laughs) Both births were in, in New York. In New sorry. York, yeah, yeah, both of my births were in New York and I, I moved back to Barcelona when my second son was just two months old. So
0: Right, okay, so you've had your second son here as a, as a young baby as a young and baby. now you're looking forward to your first Barcelona birth. Yes. Do you have a plan?
1: I think, as I was saying, I, I guess with the third you don't really have a plan anymore <laughs> so it's kind of like you just go with the flow. I have a doctor that I trust and I'm happy with and I know the hospital that I'm going to give birth at and I think that's what I know so far and what okay. I'm happy with and I'll just yeah I'll just go kind of uh, go with the flow go with the yeah. flow yeah yeah so your previous births what were they like um, I had pretty good pregnancies and um, both of my births were induced mm-hmm. because of uh, something called gestational cholestasis uh, the symptoms are just a lot of itching And so in my mind, I heard about that when you you itch your when you itch your your palms and the palms of your hands and mm -hmm. your feet. I had a totally different itching. Mm -hmm. I had itching on my belly, especially and then in my arms. So when I looked at all the symptoms, of course, in my first pregnancy, I was reading everything and I was like, oh, I definitely don't have this because my my palms and my feet aren't itching. I think in the first pregnancy, you, I always have a plan of how everything's going to work out. And I knew for sure that I was going to deliver, I was going to go past my due date because it was the first one, my mom's. I was the first child and she went past her due date. And so I was like, mom, you don't, she was going to fly over to New York. I told her, don't even come until like a week after my, my due date. And I was going to have, a, of course, a, a natural birth. Everything was going to be perfect in my mind course. <clears throat> um, and then weeks 37, I started getting all this itching on my in my legs and my arms. I couldn't really sleep at night. So I just decided to, I called um, my doctor and said, well, just stop by the emergency room just for a checkup and you should be fine. So I went in just for basically a routine checkup. They, they did a um, sonogram. The baby seemed fine. I thought I was going to be dispatched maybe with some cream or something. And suddenly they came back in and said, um, your room is ready. And I was like, my room for what? You're going to deliver. And I, like, freaked out. I started crying. I was like, I can't deliver. I'm in week 37. I have to go until week 42 to deliver. And so my mom's not coming. My mom's not here. I mean, what do you mean? I I, I I don't even have my clothes. My bag isn't ready. Everything was like a... Yeah. And so I guess this is some of the things that you learn when you have kids, right? It's just nothing plan. ever. Yes. there You can't plan for anything. And things just come as they... They come, um, and I think you just have to accept it. So after a little bit of coaching from my husband, I was like, okay, this is how it's going to go. I'm just going to have the baby today, I guess. And um, everything went well. It was an induced delivery, but everything was, was actually fine. And then, of course, for my second mm-hmm. one, I was a little bit more prepared because once this happens for your first pregnancy, you're much more
2: likely pop- like, like, yeah, yeah. In, mm-hmm. in
1: your future pregnancies. So for my second one, it was basically the same routine, but of course it was all planned and I basically knew what was going to happen week 37 I was already in my mind had everything a bit more I think just at ease and knew how things were gonna um, turn out in the end so it was it was a bit easier.
0: So two inductions, same as me, I had two inductions for different reasons. Did you, what happened after the induction? Did you go through natural birth or have epidural? Or?
1: I had epidural for both. Um, I tried, I think I tried and, and to wait for the epidural as much as I could and actually for my first one when they, when I got the epidural then I was basically already dilated 10 centimeters and so I basically gave birth, it was very very easy. Um, for my second one as well, I think I got my epidural when I was maybe seven or eight centimetres. So both both births were relatively fast. Um, so yeah. even
0: faster for number three, I heard. I know, I know. So what does that mean? How many hours are we looking at?
1: Maybe like three or four, not, not yeah. more than that. You wow, know.
0: okay. Vanessa, how was your birth and pregnancy?
2: Well, mine was way past due date. So was it here? It was here. Yeah. Was in a public hospital in maternitat mm-hmm. i started um, all the checkups in a private hospital but uh, the last two months i decided to change to a public one i somehow felt more comfortable there um i did
0: exactly the same you did. with oscar i had private all the way right up until i started with my doula i spoke to her she talked to me about the different options and what can happen and I decided to go to maternitas, switched mm. hospital, went there for the final part and I immediately, and after all my
2: problems,
0: immediately felt better.
2: Bernardo, my husband also, we loved it. Yeah. We felt very, felt, I don't know, Comfortable, comfortable, least, homey, yeah. very comforting. Yeah. The, the only issue I, I had with the public one was that you might have to share the room with someone, mm-hmm. which. Well, I mean, I preferred to have my own. Did private you get room, one? And I did. Yeah. And actually, everyone I know that have gone to the public one, they've got their private.
0: room. Yeah, date. we got we got a, a private room
2: as well. Yeah. So, so you, yeah, I was way past my due date, and I was supposed to, well, they wanted to induce me at week forty one, but only for for like for no medical reasons. So only because it was already for week forty one. Yeah. So that, I that. asked uh, that if I could just wait a little longer because I felt fine and I felt like I wanted my birth to start naturally. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, at the end, um, Martin was born a week 42. Wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's and uh, my, my con- the contractions started actually 48 hours before the labor started. So it was quite tough, but at, at the same time easy because it all, all went very well. It was very long. Is it a natural birth? I did have epidural when I was uh, dilated mm-hmm. of seven centimeters. And after that, uh, the contraction started to reduce a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they did have to give me some oxytocin after that. But for the rest, it was, it was very long, but it was, everything went fine. I have a very, very good memory of... Good I'm, I feel very memory. lucky it's like yeah. so it this, yeah, <laughs> actually. Did you have anyone at your birth? A doula or something? Yeah. You I mean no? I didn't.
1: I didn't have a doula either. In in New York, where where I had both of my births, something that's very very common. And I actually um, looked into it and researched it and was thinking if I should have one, if I shouldn't have one. I at the time I didn't really value what a doula could bring forward in a birth, and just because I, before you go through a birth or through motherhood, I think it's very hard to understand what it's going to be like and all the things that are going to happen to you and how your body's going to change and the, the decisions you're going to have to make, I don't think I was as informed as I maybe should have been or could have been. Um, so I was more just like, oh, it'll be fine. This Everyone has had kids and no one uses a doula. so Everyone
0: it's, can breastfeed straight everyone away. Can breastfeed. Everyone, everyone can just have natural births. Everyone just can do everything naturally. and, and Everything is just easy. Being yeah, a mother is just nothing, the easiest thing. There's no problems. And
1: it's not so easy. <laughs> no, <I don't laughs> Why would you need help? So. Yeah. Um, so yes, basically that was a little bit my mentality before giving birth, and so I was like, I, I already have a hospital, I have a doctor, I've taken my birth classes, and I know I know everything what yeah. I need to know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was a better experience for you, going from zero to one baby, or going from one to two babies?
1: Um, zero to one was in New York City without family, kind of on my own, um, first time mom. My husband, unfortunately, traveled a lot for work, so he wasn't really around. So I, my first my first birth was, was relatively hard, especially as I look back on it now. I think it was very hard. It was in the middle of the winter in New York City where it's snowing. I was in a teeny tiny apartment. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a support group. I was thinking in my mind, pregnancy and Labor and then, especially having a baby, was going to be one thing, and I found it to be something totally different. I was like, "What is this? I didn't sign up for this." I have a crying <laughs> baby at home. I can't leave the house. Um, it was actually it, it was very humbling experience, I think. And I usually felt in my life I had everything um, under control, and this was totally not under control. Um, and then from one to two was exactly when we moved back to Barcelona. So I was, and it was the summertime. So I had my second baby in the summer. Um, my mom was around. My sister has two kids and we lived right next door. I had help at home. My husband was around more. So I feel like it's totally uncomparable because one was like, just what am I gotten myself into? And the second one was well, like, wow, this is great. Um, and so it, it's really two totally different experiences and I can't really compare them because one I was surrounded by family and friends and help and nice weather and the other one was like alone in a little hole in the dark and all (laughs) so so
0: probably set number two is probably better for me yes personal experience yes yeah
1: but I know um I think if I would have been in New York with both or alone with both i think it would have been very challenging because the first child is very demanding once you have your second usually your first is already a toddler or or more advanced so they're really um, claiming for you all the time and you have to be most of your energy is dedicated towards that one but then you have a little baby that you also have to breastfeed and take care of and bathe and and give food to and so i think it's very challenging when you don't have um, help or, or support around you to be able to split yourself kind of in two and take care of both kids. I think that if I imagined myself back in my same situation as my first but having my second, I, I don't know how I would have done it really. I think it would have been just a manner too hard.
0: Yeah. I definitely found one to two harder, Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because with Oscar, I actually thought it was all under control, because I'd read so much, I'd had an awful pregnancy, and when he came, I was like, ah, this is amazing, I can go out, I can walk my child around the block. It was just amazing, because obviously I was on bed rest. Then when I had Sam, I was in the middle of a renovation, I already had Oscar, he was demanding quite a lot, so I found the second time so much harder. Mm-hmm and the guilt and being out of control like that was
1: not in my comfort zone at all.
0: But now, one year later, we're good, we're good
1: again. (laughs) First year is the hardest in my mind. I always say if I could get a baby with one year old, I would be happy. Once they start walking around and being funny and interacting a little bit, I I love it. So if I could have one year olds born as one year olds, (laughs) that would be great.
0: Now you have this project that you're doing together, both as mothers. Monica, do you want to tell me what is Kiddish?
1: Sure. Kiddish is a healthy meal delivery service for children. What we do is we actually cook full meals for kids and then deliver it straight to your home. With the help of the nutritionist, we actually develop weekly menus that change every week to really put together balanced and healthy meals that can be either lunches or dinners, and then we send them to your home.
0: The reason I've asked you to be on the podcast was because I have so much juggling now with two kids. The shopping, the cooking, and the serving, and the cleaning up is such a huge ordeal with two. It's insane. And the planning. And the planning, that's what I mean. (laughs) Like I try really hard to plan at the beginning of the week. Otherwise... How do you go to the shop and get everything you need for the week? And then you end up having to go to the shop every day. So that's why when I saw it, I was like, wow, that is a really good idea. (laughs) I I wish I'd come up with it. (laughs) What happened? How, How did you come across the idea? This
2: came to my mind when I was looking for a daycare for my son. And I found out many daycares were too small to have a catering service. So I tried to look for some option, like something where I could buy food every day for my son and also healthy food, not Mm -hmm. any industrial prepared uh, product. And actually, I I couldn't find anything. And I was quite amazed that this didn't exist when for adults, there's a lot of possibilities out there. You can order even and have the food in half an hour at your door. But I did notice in in, in the United States, there are quite a few businesses that cover this, this area. And so one day talking to Monica, we just thought maybe other mothers would also be interested in having healthy food delivered to the door for their children. And we started, well, all the process of creating a company, which there is a lot of bureaucracy there. Mm -hmm. Also getting to know what is the um, normativa for like... The
1: rules. The rules. yeah, yeah, The regulations. Regulations. Oh my God, there must be
2: loads. So one of the biggest problems we had was, of course, having a proper place to to actually cook this Mm. food for children, which has to be...
0: To meet the standards. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And
2: we found the, the right place. It's actually a kitchen co-working place where all the, the regulations are met or so we pay by the hour the kitchen, and we don't have to worry about the regulation part for that. And then we started to develop the recipes with a nutritionist. And basically, what we started to do is delivering uh, food for free to friends and, and people we. Oh wow! Yes, really? To see. <laughs> <Yeah. of> the, <laughs> to it see if, if if this was something that uh, mothers would be interested in, and, and everybody was so amazed and wanted these foods also for them. Like, like for the parents and and we really saw that there
1: was a big interest. Once we actually started selling the food, we had a professional cook. The cook that started out with us actually had a background in nutrition and really knew about what each of the different foods and vegetables and um, cereals and whole grains was giving or was uh, abordando what being absorbed, oh, you know. Yes. Yes. Going yeah, into the system. and also she's a mom. Ah, you
2: know, so this fun. was That's very great. important for us as well. Is to cook meals that are that are not not kids specific because we don't believe in just uh, pasta, kids and pizza. meals, kids meals, <laughs> yeah. but and that could be for adults as well, but are meals that kids
1: will enjoy. Yeah, yeah, they all look really good.
0: What roles do you take now in the business?
1: Basically right now we've been very, very focused on trying to create the best dishes or best recipes possible. And that's where most of our energy has gone. Um, to really try and, and create meals that will both be delicious as well as nutritious and kids will, kids will like. Um, so also visually appealing.
0: They are the three things that mm. freak me out every day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have been both very
2: involved in this process because yeah. it has been quite a lot of work to come up with this. Uh, yeah. and, and of course, it's an ongoing thing, but we've learned a lot mm. during these last months. And this, we have been doing quite a lot together. Yeah. So you
0: work together in the same role so, and as sort of as developers. A, yeah, yes, yeah.
2: De- developing the, the basis the of the and business. The, and the
0: menus and everything. <laughs> yes. So you said you have a chef and you and you have an expert as well, and a nutritionist. Nutritionist, yes. yes. Is that something that you get in just to advise you or are they doing the, the menus
1: and things for you? How we've been working so far is... Uh, Vanessa and I will create a lot of the menus with the help of our our chef and then the nutritionist validates that that is child appropriate, that has the nutrition levels that we need, etc. And Um, if something's
0: missing, they'll say, you know, maybe put something like that that in there.
1: But I think moving forward, we are going to be working much closer with our nutritionists. We have a few that, that we're using um, because we do feel that there is lack of knowledge and misinformation, cross-information. Okay. myths Yes. yeah about just eating in general but especially around kids and so now starting in september we're going to do a big push of trying to give out more information on that sense both through our social networks and our website but also trying to put together um, different talks and oh yeah events like, and I'd things like, like, learn that. Learn yeah. like that yeah, yeah so like that'll be on our social media starting in september watch out for the dates but that we're <laughs> i think we're it's something that we're very excited about because one of the, the bases i Think of our of our company is really being able to provide that healthy food, and it's very hard to really understand what is healthy food. Yeah. What should I be giving my child? Mm. How do I mix different ingredients? How much protein should they be having? Um, is carbohydrates good or bad? Or what type of oil should mm. I be using? All of those little things which are, make it's a big so difference hard. in the end meal. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and take the pressure off mums that yes, mm-hmm. you know, try, um, put a lot of pressure on themselves already. Yeah, and yeah, I'd like to learn a little bit more. It's definitely what you put on the plate and how you know that that is what your child needs because at the Mm -hmm. moment I I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you what he needs I know he needs carbohydrates protein and, and fruit and veg I know that
2: but, but There's much more to it. Yeah, that. <laughs> but what, you know?
0: And I recently learned that, you know, anything uh, integral, wholemeal, is better than white. And I've just been pouring white pasta into Oscar yeah. for three years. So I'm trying to do something a bit different with Sam. And, and so things like your business really mm-hmm. ring home for me. They make me really excited and, and take notice.
1: Also, the more you know and the more you start learning, the more involved you get and the more... Um, questions, I, you, questions have. you have <laughs> the more you want to learn about it it is really true because I, I think it, it happened to me it has happened to any mom where I was very similar to you I thought it was giving a very balanced meal and it was basically pasta and some meat which was probably breaded and mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of vegetables once in a while just to have some green in there and I thought that was completely a balanced meal until I actually learned that well there's a big difference between just having white pasta or, or, or whole wheat mm-hmm. um, and then all the types of cereals that you can have and all the different sources of energy that that can can give your child as well as the amount of vegetables that they should be eating the types of protein Um, there's protein that's healthier than other protein and so there's just a lot of learning And how you cook it and how you've well, it. And many ingredients. Oh, right, you started
0: it now, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: going to have to
1: research all
2: of this. I'll just keep watching. And your many Instagram. ingredients that are actually been part of Mediterranean, Mediterranean diets, diets yes. for forever
1: and that have been forgotten.
2: Why are children's meals so important?
1: I think I've learned about this, and Vanessa as well, is the earlier on you start with all those healthy habits, it's actually a gift that you're giving your child for the future. And it's so important those first few years when they're discovering and discovering textures and flavors and getting all the nutrition. And those years are very, very important from a nutrition perspective, of course. Um, just for their development, but also just in terms of what they're, how they're developing their their palate and um, their smells, their introduction to different foods, and it is something that has been studied that. Kids usually, when they start being two or three years old, start getting pickier just because that's how kids are. If you're able to introduce a lot of new foods and new textures before that, you'll probably have a better chance of them being more open to, to eating a lot of that. That's something that I learned a little bit too late. So some my, my kids, are I'm struggling now with a lot of the things, but um, I know it. I mean, it's a fact and it's been studied. So that's yeah. something that the more you know and the more you're able to introduce in your child and diversify and introduce textures textures. textures and flavours and all of that, that's just a gift that you're giving him in terms of just building up his his, um, nutrition habits for the future.
0: So what have you found are the common problems getting children to
2: eat good food? Mostly what we get is that children don't want to eat the vegetables, (laughs) which is quite common. The first is to have a lot of patience and try again and again but also creating meals where the vegetables are cooked in a way that are more child-friendly or even not hidden but integrated more into the food in a way that it's tasty. After all, if food is tasty for adults, it'll be tastier for children. And so we think that if we cook for children...
0: It needs uh, to be plain or... It needs
2: to yeah, be yeah, plain not, or tasteless or, yeah. exactly, or they just eat. They, they also are good little gourmets and they like yeah. tasty what food. What about your son? Does he eat everything? Yes, he. for the moment, he's only 18 month, months year old, so he hasn't arrived yet to this two-year-old phase but for the moment yes he eats everything not always of course but I won't stress about it or force him too much because that might create some kind of uh, rejection from him or yeah that was
0: my winning phrase that, that I've always stuck with they don't have to eat it mm-hmm. no we don't exactly. have to eat the food on our plates they don't have to eat the food on their plates I think that's hard if you've ever had issues with Um, Gaining weight for your children. I think that's that makes it really difficult for a a parent to do that Mm -hmm. luckily both might have been absolute fatties um, so that hasn't, that hasn't been a problem, sorry boys. So do you create the meal
2: plans and what is included each week? We create the meal plans together with the, the supervision of a nutritionists and the chef who also helps us to design the, the menus. Yeah. The receipts are developing and getting better and better in all these different senses of being healthy delicious for children and visually also attractive for children which Mm -hmm. is also quite sometimes children reject food because
1: they don't like
2: what they they're seeing for example it's easier for children to eat food that has quite the same colors in it. Mm-hmm. So if you mix a lot of different colors, they tend to refuse oh, it more really? than it. There are small tricks like this that we've learned. All this work has been ongoing for the past months.
1: Lots of research, no? Yes, lots of research. What do you have in the week, always? So we have five plates each week, and each week there is one that's fish, one that is meat, so it's usually cow or pork. There's one that's chicken, one that's egg, and then one that's always a vegetable protein. And then what we also try and combine are different types of whole grains or grains. So there's usually a pasta dish, a rice dish, maybe uh, we also try and incorporate new types of grains that maybe aren't as common, like milk, quinoa, etc., we also try and vary the presentation in the sense that sometimes we'll have like mini hamburgers, another time we'll try and do meatballs, um, another time we'll try and do like an omelette, so it's not always the same visual effect. And, and our pasta. meatballs and, and
2: hamburgers always have vegetables in them also. So uh, actually they it makes them more tastier. Uh, our chef was amazed. He, he learned to do this because of all the process we've been to doing you. together and he was amazed he was like actually uh, these are tastier with uh, these meatballs are tastier with the vegetables that i have oh, with done without oh, so, so it, it's a it's a very <laughs> delicious way to give vegetables to to kids and also to adults why not yeah
0: yeah do you take kiddish meals home for your yes, kids
2: yes every week <laughs> do
0: you so one set of five in the yes. fridge
2: yeah, of so course. And now I have a few in the in
1: the freezer.
0: So, what is a typical kiddish meal?
1: So traditionally, I think most people were based on their like food requirements on like the traditional food pyramid, but that's kind of obsolete right now. Um, I think what is being used more in like the modern days is um, what they call the healthy plate, which was uh, designed by Harvard, and it's a completely like independent study. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what is being used today. And so within this healthy plate, what you have is half of, your, half of your plate, and this is during the whole day, should be based out of fruits and vegetables. That should be most of your, of your, of your intake, food intake. And then the other 25%, it's um, healthy proteins and 25% carbohydrates. And then you always have water as your drink and healthy oils to, to cook. So we always use um, extra, virgin. extra virgin olive oil.
0: Nice. to yeah. not refine which is fantastic in this,
1: so in this the plates area. are based on this
2: healthy Harvard healthy plate mm-hmm. it doesn't mean each plate has to be exactly these amounts or mm-hmm. proportions but as a whole but, but we try to approximate as much, much as possible so this helps parents to a little bit like forget about <laughs> having to, yeah, not to worry about de- it.
0: Because that's uh, been really good for me. In the last couple of years, I was, Oscar's been at a nursery that's had really good food for lunch and it's such a relief to have that and to know that in the evening you don't have to, let's say, do all the work that you feel yeah. that you have to. So I would like Kiddush to be in the fridge as a backup for when I haven't been able to get to the shops. Is that how you use it in your houses?
1: Yeah, I think we have a lot of different clients and and every family is completely different and the needs are different. But I think in every single family, there is either a need for lunch if your kids either don't have lunch at school or come back from lunch at school or can either take their lunch to, to school. So that's one of the meals that sometimes you have to think about. You have dinner that you also a lot of times have to think about. You have the weekends, you have the backups, you have when they go over to the grandparents house or when you're going out for dinner and the nanny's coming, but you don't know if she knows how to. Cooker. So every family has like wow, different yeah, there's dynamics. Different there's, 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 there's a lot of different dynamics, and, and we basically try and serve whoever needs healthy food at any time. And um, that's why we try and design our menus. You can have the option of just getting three dishes a week, four dishes a week, or five dishes a week, depending on your needs. We offer two different sizes as well. So there's 250 grams and 350 grams. Um, and so we see different combinations of those as well.
0: So I've got Oscar and Sam, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So if I got the larger size, would that be good for both, do you
2: think? M- maybe,
1: or if that could be
2: good for both. Or if they are a little bit more hungry, you could just add something.
0: Yeah, so add like, something else add, into the mix. Yes. On the yeah, and
2: nice. it depends, maybe on, it depends also on different days. You're, I'm sure your children, sometimes they're... Yeah, appetite's some, huge, a, a, and
0: sometimes a, they don't eat anything. Exactly, so, yeah. so
2: it really depends. But of course, I think many of our clients are buying a bigger portion for two small children. That's an option as well, of course.
0: So what would you say to people who think their kids are too fussy for your food, for kiddish food?
1: <laughs> I think it's something that we get um, pretty often that people try it and they say, oh, I just loved your food and I tried it and it was delicious, but my, my child is just not not eating it. Um, and they sometimes put the um, burden on themselves saying, oh, at home we just cook so differently or "Why oh, usually just give them um, steam things and so they're not used to these new textures. And I think what we would say is just it's a matter of consistency and of, and of keeping Keep on trying something that your child might not like or not eat today. Maybe a week later, they'll be open to it or a month later. And so I think parents know their child the best. um, And they're the ones that have to decide. But
0: it's also as important to get these new textures into them of course even more important i would say with a with a pickier
1: eater because the more i i would say the the more you let that picky eater continue with their choices of just eating very narrow food choices and just the same thing all the time if you actually cater to that it's just going to end up getting worse so I would say the earlier you start opening up their 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 palette range and introducing new textures and new flavors, even though they're gonna reject it at the beginning, it's just a matter of being patient and of trying again and of maybe yourself introducing some other things at home. Um, and then little by little I, I would say I think if you are consistent, the results will be successful at the end. It just takes patience and consistency.
0: Yeah it's a key factor that I keep hearing consistency Mm -hmm. um so yes (laughs) if there's a mummy or daddy at home who's desperately wants to get some really healthy food into their children's diets but have no time in the day what would you say to them
2: by kiddish.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> cool. to, to, to start it, so it's not a subscription, is it? You don't have to sign up to anything. No. You can just get
2: one week or even just three dishes. No. Yeah. Three dishes at least but yeah. for one week. You can try. And how much is three dishes? It's twenty one euros plus the plus yeah. the delivery. Right. Okay. Then that costs. And that can you go anywhere? In Barcelona.
0: For the, the moment, busy. yes.
2: Okay, so <laughs> I moment. can't get it in <laughs> Not for the moment, hopefully okay. soon. Maybe I'll come
0: to <laughs> I now have some real mum questions. The first one here is, I have a fussy toddler who hardly eats breakfast or dinner. He eats a full lunch at school, but at home he doesn't even want to sit at the table. How do you create good habits at home?
2: It's funny how she, she's saying that she, her child w- will eat at school, but not at home. So there is probably more habit... Uh, yeah, routine. Routine yeah, conductual yeah. issue than really the food itself. Mm. So probably just, as we were saying before, uh, patience, not forcing... To eat mm-hmm. so that the child doesn't see the eating moment as an uh, unpleasant environment. Exp- environment or
1: experience. Making it a family moment as much as yes. possible. I think one of the things that we know for sure is that kids are um, always look up to parents and are like a creature of repetition mm-hmm. and they always want to do what the adults do. So having a sit-down family meal, we try and encourage that as much as possible because the more they see what you eat, the more they'll want to try it and eat it themselves. Mm. So sometimes it's hard. Breakfast is a moment where everyone's kind of in a hurry, but whenever they can, for dinners or on the weekends, if they can sit down and eat together and have the child kind of sit down with them as a family event almost, that yeah, will. Also ceremony help. Type and thing. try not to be
2: anxious anxious about it because children are absor- <laughs> they, they they notice that yeah and definitely.
0: The next question from another mum is, how should I start
2: feeding my baby food?
0: With puree or baby-led weaning? Any
2: I would say this is a choice of every family. Yeah. Uh, I myself, I tried like a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. So I started with with purees, but I would start introducing the same ingredients. I would puree, but in little pieces, so he would have a taste of both. Mm-hmm. And it ended up going into a sense that... Um, he would prefer the b- little pieces to the puree because children actually like biting.
0: Yeah, they want to use their teeth. They want, don't to,
2: yeah, they or, even, or even if they don't have teeth, mm. they can bite with their gums. So, from my experience, baby led weaning of ki- or kind of baby led weaning, I, expri- I chose to do helped to introduce foods earlier or.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think I think we so. pretty much did the same—a yes. bit of both. And do you think that Kiddish might do something to do with the young, younger than a year at some point?
2: Yes, we're planning to have options for for children from six
1: to twelve months. Yeah! Wow! In the, in not pureed options. Not pureed, but finger so. foods, and I think a lot of the introduction of trying to get maybe some of those meatballs or little hamburgers that already have vegetables inside. So and it's very easy to pick up with their fingers. So maybe giving an option of only buying that versus the whole plate is something that that we're exploring and that we're we're excited about for younger kids and it could also be an option for older kids as well if in your house you know that it's very easy for you to throw together some vegetables or a little bit of rice or a side but you want kind of like the main protein to have some vegetables already in it maybe that could be an option as well or even as a
0: snack or as a snack snack. exactly healthy snacks in in spain i know it's bad to say but it's really hard Mm -hmm. to find something when they're really little without salt or sugar is Mm -hmm. close to impossible and you have to make them or Mm. give them fruit or veg and that's it so anything that is slightly proteiny would be amazing Mm. as a snack I think okay the next mum says my son has allergies do you have any egg and dairy-free breakfast suggestions this is tapping into your (laughs) research I think (laughs) rather than kiddish what do you think egg and dairy free that's quite hard isn't
1: it yeah but I think for breakfast there's a lot of option based on whole grains that are relatively easy and that I do in my house I think if you buy toast is always a a big option classic yeah Um, I will buy try and get really good bread at a good bakery and just have it cut up and it's in the freezer and so in the morning I just have to put it in the toaster and then you can just vary what you put on top I'll do a lot of avocado because I know it's good and it's a way of getting some, some fruit in them also um in the morning, but you can also do hummus on top or, or tahin. Tahin for protein. Tahin, uh, which is sesame. Sesame, yeah.
2: Sesame is a whole protein, so with tahin, yeah. you're already giving them uh, protein
1: in yeah. the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or porridges, um, cereals. If you find some whole grain cereals, not the Kellogg's type, but there's other types of cereal with vegetable um, based milks. Um, of course porridges porridge as well you can do porridge without milk can't you with water water. or with uh, any vegetable milk if you like to yeah great really good ideas and fill it up with fruit on top different toppings kids love to put in their own toppings so sometimes you can even like put out what you prefer blueberries or some raspberries which you don't even have to cut up you just have them in the the fridge put in maybe some um, nuts on top chopped nuts or sunflower seeds or whatever and depending on the age of the kid and they'll they'll love it
0: the next question from another mum is how do you combat toddler food fussiness at home.
1: I deal with it a lot with my two-year-old because he's very fussy. He sometimes doesn't even want to sit down at the table. And he's also kind of a character, so he just wants to do, he basically just do silly things all the time. He'll mm-hmm. like put his napkin on his head and just try and be funny, just call for attention. <laughs> so for me, it's just try and ignore it as much as I can. I think it's super cute, but I'm just like, okay, really I'm just going to keep a straight ball. face. <laughs> <laughs> keep a straight face right now. And kind of be like very serious like this we're eating now it's not time to to play Um, and for me it's just really trying to be as calm as possible I think a lot of what they're trying to do is just gain attention from parents um, so, if they know that they're not eating and you're going to be insisting on, come on, you have to eat, your, they, they just want to get your it's attention negative from attention there. As yes. well, isn't it? Yeah, so Any the more attention you. Attention is attention, isn't it? Exactly. Any attention is attention. So, the more you can just act normal, okay, fine if you don't want to eat, then that's fine. You can be excused from the table and go into your room. Um, that's kind of how I try and manage it, but it is, it is, um, I would say a bit stressful because day after day, if he's not eating and he won't even touch his food, sometimes I'm just like, what is wrong with this boy? Why isn't he eating? And I'm trying to vary all these different foods. But and the, at the more end of the panicked day, you get, the more panicked the situation, then he yes, just reacts yes. as well. No? But I really, I just try really not to panic. I know he's he, as you were saying, he doesn't have a weight issue, so I think that's the basic. If he's fine on weight, then and I know he's getting a good meal in the morning and at school, they say he eats fine as well. So I know he's getting a good meal at school. Um, I always give him a healthy snack that's either fruit or something a little bit more whole grain. So I know that he he is nourished, well nourished. And so if at dinner he wants to try and call attention, then I'm just going to try and... Hopefully it's a phase and it'll, it'll pass.
0: <laughs> this phase will pass. That's yes. what you have to keep remembering. Yes. Um, the next mum says, My son sees his friends eating chocolate and sweets at school. He asks me for sweet food every day. Are there any healthy recipes that would satisfy his food envy?
2: Healthy sweets? or?
0: Yeah, I well, suppose. I mean, it's, we- it's a big thing here, isn't it? The breakfast at school where mm-hmm. you have to take it in. It's mm-hmm. a big thing that that can be in some schools not regulated, and so there are chocolate bars and mm-hmm. things. That, and I can't imagine. I mean, if Oscar goes to school and that happens, he's going to ask for chocolate, mm-hmm. and he's going to be annoyed, and he's probably going to try and take someone else's chocolate. Yes. So I don't know. Um, is there something you can provide? If, we, I mean, or, or make for them that
2: we always recommend fruit, but yeah. then also at Kiddish you can buy. Um, we have now um, set of organic sweets, like there's uh, some muffins, cereal bars, and a set of cookies. They're all made from sugars that come from like natural, with the d- dates and uh, oh, right. honey-based sugars, and from whole uh, whole grains.
0: Can I ask you a question? Yes. Are they nice?
2: They're very are nice. They are they really? Yes, and the cookies delicious. are, are, are with, made with, with cocoa, because cocoa actually is quite healthy. The, the unhealthy part of chocolate is usually all the, the sh- white sugar they add to it mm. and sometimes even unhealthy um, fats. fats that they add to, to chocolates. Yeah, but co- so co- uh, to cocoa it. actually is, is quite healthy if you don't give it in the afternoon because then kids <laughs> won't <laughs> sleep. <laughs> it. Yeah. But for the morning, uh, a really good snack would be one piece of fruit with uh, one
1: healthy cookie.
0: Okay, okay. So they're, so they're really good ideas. What's next for
1: Kiddush? What's next for Kiddish? There's a lot of things in our minds. I mean, we have plenty of ideas. If we had the resources, we would be expanding Kiddush worldwide tomorrow. <laughs> um, but we don't. But we do have what well, we haven't done very much of right now. We, we've we worked a lot on getting the, the product right and having something that we're really proud of and happy with. And I think now we just have to get people to know us a lot more and of course we would like to expand r- beyond barcelona city in terms oh, of the deliveries, delivery, deliveries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and also um, adding some
2: products to the the offer as we were talking about snacks or these baby led winning packs or just
1: family pack family, family pack oh, yeah, options yeah.
2: as well but all this will happen, like, slowly yeah, <laughs> during yeah. the, the, the autumn. And then also we will have, um, we'll be doing talks about n- nutrition. Oh, yeah, in... yeah, you
0: said, yeah, that, that sounds really
2: exciting. Yeah, uh, starting in September, we will, we will publish the dates and the places that we will Fantastic. Be having together with uh, our Maybe you can do one in English. Yes, yeah, for sure. How do you juggle work, life and kids? I think it's always difficult, in, uh, in my case, thanks to my husband, who is very involved with uh, our son, and we only have one. And then having our family close by makes it a lot easier. It's like kind of a Tetris
0: yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. it becomes <laughs> and, even more like that, <laughs> yeah, when you have more than one, it's t- so. totally Tetris. <laughs>
2: So this is how we do it. It's Mm. a Tetris weekly schedule, and when my husband travels, I have to remember that that Tuesday that he always goes to pick up Martin, he's not going, so someone else has to go. And working together, if you have the luck to have that. Mm. If not, well, I I just asking for help. Yeah. Is I would. I I think asking for
0: help is another reason why I did this podcast. Because people don't, and they, and especially when you're having your first baby, I think it's one of the lessons you have to learn that yeah. there are people out there to help you, like kiddish is out there to help you. People can help. It, you know, friends and family can help. You have to ask. We are not, we? and
2: we don't have to be super women. No. <laughs> no one is.
0: Well, you are. So, you're already super women. Everything that everyone's or, doing... Or, and everyone, everyone, or we everyone all is. are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we
2: all are, but we don't need to... Um, you
0: don't need to do everything. Exactly. Yeah, you
1: can yeah. do anything, but not everything. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think the good thing, too, of us uh, starting this business, is we, we're both moms, and we both understand that we are our, our families and our kids are also a priority. So most of the afternoons, we're we're not working. We spend it with our kids. I try and as much as I can drop them off in school and then pick them up in school. So that also is a little bit of a cut during the day, and we can't do it all the time, especially some of the days that we're cooking or that we have deliveries but we both know like okay today i have to take my kid to the doctor or today i have this okay fine well let's meet up later well, yeah. so it's very flexible really and a, Yes, exactly. and yeah. your chef
0: as well as a mom too yes yeah. so working with moms so exactly. is basically the way forward yes, yes.
1: yes. yes. it really it really is we are helps. the future yes yes, yes exactly
0: Okay, fantastic. You ladies are inspiring. Well done on starting the business and it's brilliant to see your success so far. Thank you so much for coming to Badalona and recording with me today. It's been really informative and I will be making an order as soon as I can.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank Thank you you for having us. (laughs) That
0: was the interview. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, subscribe on iTunes for all future episodes. All the links can be found on omotherbarcelona.com. Follow us and get involved on Instagram and Facebook at omotherbarcelona. And again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day.